201 of... Brutal Battle. Oh, that's pretty good. Is that like Russian, Nordic, I don't Viking? Know. Yeah, yeah, whatever you said. <laughs> either or. Yeah, either or. Pick your choice. All right, so uh, the voice you're hearing is a new guy. Yay. Uh, we have new people all the time. Uh, it is Richard Smith. That's me. Richard B. Smith Jr., right? That's right. you got to give me right credit. Get the full, the full on there. <laughs> so um, this guy's actually a longtime friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends. So it's kind of weird that he's not been on the podcast yet. I'm too, uh, you got to book me years in advance. That's the way oh, this yeah, works. That's, that's exactly what happens. Rich is really hard to, to nail down. That's what it really is. <laughs> I've extended invites to him since day one, five years ago. Yep. No, no, that's not true. So uh, we're rectifying the situation right now, getting them on. Going to do at least two episodes because, as everyone knows, when we have a new person on here, we have to do the first one to kind of get the information on who are they, like, and what's their beer story, how they get into craft beer initially. So mm-hmm. we'll look into that. Uh, but first, uh, we are going to do a mystery, um, not a mystery beer, that's at the end, a warm-up <laughs> beer. We're going to do a warm-up beer. And this is one that I've actually been sitting on for a little bit, but that's not going to matter because of what it is. I'm trying to see if there's a date code. Wait, we drink before we drink? Yeah. Whoa. Pre-drinking, drinking. So you're telling me we get to talk and just drink? <laughs> Pre-drinking, drinking, man. I like this. Yeah. I should have okay. been a years ago. So this beer is uh, from 2015, uh, <clears throat> October 2015. So it's not quite three years old. It's two years old and a little bit. But it should hold up. Hold up. It's by Avery Brewing Company out of, out of Colorado, and it's their Raspberry Sour, which is a sour ale with raspberries added, aged in oak barrels. Oh, wow. That's really fancy wording. Yes. Do oh, th- and, and it's important to note that when we're doing this recording session, um, it's St. Patrick's Day. So, that it is. But this is not coming out for St. Patrick's Day. It's actually probably coming out many weeks later, so you, you know how I do it. I just... <laughs> And the, I'll tell you, the thing is, I don't really pay attention to, to quote, holidays like St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo, stuff like that. Yeah. Because I don't think they're really holidays. And, like, I will drink beers when I want to drink beers. I'm, I'm not going to, like, be like, oh, this is a day that a bunch of people go out and get shit-faced. Like, I should drink that day. <laughs> no. It's just another day to me. So. Well, that, that is the reason. I mean, it gives you an excuse to be, like, a complete a-hole, you know? Some people. Most people. I mean, it gives them that excuse, but that doesn't mean that the cops are okay with it. <laughs> that's that's the issue. So, all right, let's take a look at this beer. It's very, it's it's, it's very cloudy. Dark. Wow, yeah. it's like super brown. A little bit of orange around the edges when you look through it, but it's like really really brown. And oh yeah, I can definitely see that. Cloudy. It's got a little bit of like a light tan head to it with some large bubbles on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I did kind of a bit of an agitated pour, so there's more bubbles than I think there normally would be. Yeah, but when you swirl it, those bubbles just come right up real yeah. fast. So, decent carbonation in it. The smell. That's kind of sweet. I can smell the raspberry in this. Oh, yeah. There's I can tons, definitely smell that raspberry. Tons, tons, tons of raspberry up front. But it smells sweeter than I thought. For being a raspberry sour, I don't. I smell like a slight tartness. But I smell a lot of sweetness. It's like a, it was like a Skittles or a, <clears throat> I forget what those things called, a Starburst Sour or something like that. That's what it's okay. almost kind of what it yeah, tastes yeah, like. Yeah, there, there's a lot of like sweetness yeah. to that. I could see that. Did they ever do a raspberry flavor? I don't know. They should. It'd be a great idea. They should if they haven't. I feel like they may have though because they've always, 
I've seen them do like one-off packs yeah. of like here's some wacky ass flavors. You know, well if they do do a raspberry sour. They gotta give us the credit at least. Well, or you give, specifically, or give us a pack for free or something. All right, I do smell a little bit of woodiness yeah, on the end of it, which would be coming from those oak barrels, but it's not a ton. I just get overpowered with the raspberry, honestly. I mean, it's very small little notes everywhere else, but it's mostly raspberry. Yeah. And actually, that wo- the more I sniff it, that woodiness is kind of presenting a little bit like pencil shavings. So, like, with a little bit of lead in with the wood, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, that, that's interesting. All right, let's try it. Okay, there's the sourness. It builds. Wow. It builds a good amount. It's like a warhead. Remember the warheads? Like super sour warheads? Yeah, this is from the smell. Like I was saying, I smell a lot of sweetness. I don't taste that sweetness. Not at all. At least not yet. After a few more sips, I'm sure I'll start tasting at least a little bit of it. But there's a lot of sourness. And it starts, with each sip, it starts very low. It's just kind of more of like a tartness. And it just kind of like builds up until it's like pretty sour. And then it kind of backs back down. But it's real lemon driven sour. I taste the oak though. You can definitely get that woody oak in there. It doesn't taste like pencil shavings, thankfully. It tastes like legit oak. So, hmm. what percentage is this again? Uh, six point five. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't really taste like alcohol. You know, like that strong taste of alcohol it doesn't have that. Yeah, no. I well, six point five, especially with like a sour beer that's been mm. oak barrel aged. A lot of any sort of alcohol will be masked. Mm. So that's nice. Um, I'm starting to taste the raspberry a little bit, not like a ton, but I'm not loving the beer, but I don't dislike it at all. I'm I'm good with it. Like it's decent to me. Yeah, it's kind of weird. The first drink, it's very sour, then it eventually gets a little sweeter as you keep drinking. Yeah, that's just your palate acclimating to mm. the sourness. Like, the same thing happens with bitterness, with, like, IPAs. When people first take a sip of IPA, if they're just kind of like, oh, I hate that beer, and they don't try it any further, they're not giving the opportunity for their tongue to adjust to the flavors and then start picking up other stuff. Mm. So... Early on, like, Rebecca really hated sours, and she would only, like, take one sip, and she'd be, like, not drinking it. No. But then I, I got into a thing where I was just, like, I mandatory you have to take at least three <laughs> sips of this before you make a decision. Because then it starts opening up, and you can see the other flavors in it. So oh, Absolutely. But anyway, um, decent beer to sip on. Yeah. But, Rich, I think at this point, what we need from you is, what's your beer story? Like, how'd you get into beer? I mean, like, any college kid, he used to wake up and drink and... Party and drink and do everything and drink. I mean, go to liquor stores to get a 30-pack of Miller Lite, Mad Dog 2020, Still Reserve, you name it. Anything gets you drunk, right? The Boone's Farm. The Boone's Farm, yeah. Mount Everest 40s. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Any 40 for that matter, yeah. (laughs) I was um, I was a Colt forty five man myself <laughs> early on, but just because Billy D or no, just because it was cheap enough, and yeah. uh, I knew the name. That was the other thing. My one friend went for the Mount Everest forties mm. because it was the cheapest. I yeah. think they were ninety nine cents. Uh, I went for the Colt forty five because I knew the name, and they were like a dollar fifty. So I was like the big spender. Oh yeah, fifty one more cents, you know, yeah. for well, name mean, recognition. When you're in college, and yeah. you don't really have much <laughs> of an income except for working at the dining hall. 
It's a commitment to buy those Colt 45s. Oh, yeah. I can understand that. Steel so. Reserve was mine. I used to drink Steel yeah. Reserve. Edward 40 Hands, Steel Reserve. Ooh. I used to do it all the time. Oh, man. But then eventually, uh, fast forward, leave college. In the early 2000s, I noticed the beer boom. Like the micro microbrews and craft beers becoming more like in liquor stores. And every Friday, a friend of ours, John Kinhart, would, um, him and I would go to the liquor store and buy a six-pack of beer, a new beer every week. So we try different kind of beers. We start learning new, uh, <clears throat> learn new types of beer. It was real interesting and very eye-opening experience because you go from Miller Lite to an IPA, and that's a complete different worlds right there. But <laughs> Wait, it was great. So did you make that jump? Where you just did you literally do like Miller Lite to an IPA, or was there something in between, like wheat beers, brown ales, red red ales? I think brown ales were like okay. one of the first things because I remember seeing more brown ales when I started um, going to the liquor store more often. Yeah. And uh, I noticed that more prevalent, I guess. I don't know if that was like one of the first things with brown ales with microbrews, but I do recall that more often. Then slowly worked my way up to IPA. Obviously, you just don't go right. from light to IPA. Well, and I actually found for quite some time that, that brown ale was one of the best entry points for anyone who wants to start getting into craft beer, mm -hmm. uh, coming from macro. Um, but that's kind of a problem now because there barely anyone makes brown ales anymore because they're that. not that popular. So that kind of walkway to the bridge is gone in hmm. a sense. And I actually just thought about that and I was just like, well, that kind of sucks. But people who live in, like, Florida are covered because they got um, Maduro Brown Ale by Cigar City down there, and that is one of the best brown ales out there, straight up. So, anyway, continue. Was uh, it more to the story? I don't know. I don't know, but, I mean, I always <laughs> drink Guinness, too, so I kind of like the stout aspect of it, too. And, you know, I love oatmeal stout now. It's, like, one of my favorite beers of all time. Nice, yeah. But um, I think you slowly you progress your way. As you're, uh, you, old, you get older, you realize there's different beers out there to try. You don't have to get drunk off a 30-pack every night. Ugh. You get drunk off a six pack that's you know ten percent, <laughs> as opposed to drinking thirty beers in one night. Well, the price for that six pack is probably more than the price for oh, that yeah. thirty pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really was. And that's the drawback uh, to craft beer is the price. You got to have the uh, scratch to do it, really. Although there there are breweries that have kept it pretty affordable, like Lagunitas kept it real affordable. Um, I don't know if people cut them out because they were bought out by a larger company, but. Lagunitas typically, Sierra Nevada's price point isn't bad. Um, Sam Adams, you know, stuff like that. So. Killian's. <sighs> yeah. Although, is Killian's... I think Killian's, it's... Is it Budweiser owns it or something? Yeah, I was yeah. thinking Killian's might be AB and Bev owned at this point. I can't... I have a hard time with the imports keeping straight which one is owned by who. Mm. So, but anyway, um, so when you started getting into craft beer... Big time. Like, can I more this first off? Yeah, no, go for cool. it. Oh, you already, I'm already finished my last. your raspberry sour. It's it's pretty good. It's getting better. Um, I'm getting more of the oak, more of the raspberry coming through. Uh, so, yeah. But when you uh, started getting into craft beer, you know, what what was the scene like then versus what do you, what do you see the scene being now? Oh, it was nothing like it is now. I mean, when craft brews started becoming more prevalent in liquor stores... There's maybe three options, new options, yeah. as opposed to now you go there, you see 30, 40 different brands and different kinds of, you got double IPAs, triple IPAs now. I mean, you would never have seen that yeah. 20 years ago. It's kind of a shock. And I, I think it's always funny because when I see people who are just getting into craft beer now, 
like that's their reference point. Like mm-hmm. what's going on now in the community, that's their reference point for what craft beer is and has been. And me being older, having been drinking craft beer for over 10 years, I think back and I think, oh man, this is what it used to be like, like barely any options like you were saying. And now it's just like kind of like too many options yeah. at this point. But anyone just entering is just like, oh, this is what it is. Also the trends, like now... Obviously, the New England style IPA is like the it thing. Um, but when I started really getting into craft beer, not you know, some years after I got into craft beer, it was you know, West Coast style IPAs was the big thing, and it was all about like tons and tons and tons of bitterness. Well, now with the New England style IPAs and people coming into craft beer, it's all about much less bitterness and mainly just like those citrusy flavors from the hop flavor profile. Uh, and they're able to shine more because, like, the oats put into the New England-style IPAs kind of take that bitterness way down. So, plus dry hopping doesn't impart as much bitterness. Right. So. But it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I remember drinking Mike's Hard Lemonade. And that's not oh. a beer, but still, <laughs> that was yeah, something. introduction to alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was there. I did the same thing. Yeah. I was a Mike's Hard Lemonade guy. I also... Do you remember when TGI Fridays was putting out mixed drinks in bottles, like real little baby yep. bottles? Yeah. I was doing like the rum and cola one. Yes, I do recall that one. And what was the uh, the White Russians? I was they had little White Russian ones too. So whatever happened to that? Uh it was a bad idea, first off. But I think they're gone. You, 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 wait, you think or? I I well I I don't think I've seen them okay. anymore, and I think it's been a bunch of years at least since they were around. So it's safe to assume it's gone. Yeah, probably. I mean, you go enough <laughs> you go to enough liquor stores, I'm pretty sure you would see that by now. Yeah, honestly, I don't really go to that many liquor stores. I mean, when I go to new places, I do. Well, that's what I meant. I didn't but, mean like different. yeah. I know you have one hot spot. Mm-hmm. Wine world. Yep, yep, yep. Um. So, anything else you wanted to throw out there about you and craft beer and? The relationship between you and craft beer. Yeah, don't be scared to try something new. I mean, that's the yeah. biggest thing of all. If you're intimidated by trying an IPA and you're not used to something like that, just give it a try. Buy a six-pack or you and a friend buy it, share it together, and just try one. I mean, that's the best. That's how you learn what you like and don't like. I mean, I never thought I would like a raspberry sour, and this is pretty good. Yeah. It's not amazing. Oh, my God, good, but it's pretty solid. Yeah. Well, and that's been one of the biggest things. Like, I know I say it from time to time on the podcast, but it bears reiterating that one of the big things about this podcast is to say you may think you like this or you may think you don't like this and that has to do with style brewery whatever but try it you know try something there have been yeah. numerous times where I'm like I hate this style and then I have one that I've been great then I'm like oh I love that prime example I've not been into Belgian style beers but on a recent episode we had a blind tasting and had, um, was one of the mystery beers. It was Allagash triple. I really liked that beer. Actually, I have some more at the house and I want to drink more of it. Mm. So here I was thinking I'm done with Belgians. And then that Allagash triple happened and I'm like, well, that's the right Belgian though for me. Um, And the same thing with breweries. There have been breweries I've totally written off and been like not interested because I had a few bad beers from them. But then we have a blind beer of theirs, and I'm like, this is pretty good. And they're like, who is it? Oh, these guys? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Guess I got to retry them. So. Well, what I did when I first learned a lot of stuff is go to a brewery and get a tour. Yeah. Because they give you samples. 
Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a great way, too, right there. I mean, the tours are always free. I mean, from whatever I've seen, I never had one that to pay for. But you always get samples. You can always taste it there. And you, they have uh, usually taps right there also. Yeah. So, that's how I learned to like a lot more Flying Dog beers, try different ones. Oh, you've been to Flying Dog? Yeah, I did the oh, tour nice. a couple times. And, that's uh, awesome. They always have different kind of beers. It's Every every year, they have new ones out there. So, I've, I've actually been wanting to get out <clears> to see... Um, Flying Dog. Not necessarily do a brewery tour. I don't know. I, I might or might not. You should. But um, at least just go out and try what they have at their, their tap room and just check out the tap room. I keep meaning to do that, and I just don't. It's like, eventually it'll happen. And when it does, I'll talk about it on the podcast. But, you know. Road trip? We could. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you want to tour it for, what, like the eighth time or That's, something. <laughs> hey, man, beer is beer. I love it. Let's yeah. go. Okay. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. We got a brutal battle there. Actually, Rebecca, <laughs> while we're recording this, Rebecca's not here. She's actually in Frederick, which is where Flying Dog is. And she and her friends are um, having dinner, at, or I'm um, sorry, lunch and some beers at White Rabbit Gastro Pub. Oh, nice. So shout out to that. I've been wanting to go, so I'm a little jealous that Rebecca's there right now. <laughs> um, although this raspberry sour kind of softens the blow a little bit. Yeah, I'm here too. Thank yes. you. I appreciate well, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. The Yes. I feel like we've been friends long enough. I don't even need to say that. You know? <laughs> yeah. But um, shout out to Ben Little, who at this point is doing the uh, all the beer ordering for White Rabbit Gastropub. So I say at this point because I know he's working on getting a brewery going. So I assume he's not going to be staying there forever. Mm. So when this comes out, maybe he's already transitioned over to that brewery. That's I right. You do it, Ben Little. He's a cool guy. I like I like him. Yeah. All right, are you ready to have your first go at blind beer tasting? I am. I think I'm ready. I'm Actually, pretty sure I'm ready. Have you ever done blind beer tasting? I don't think I have. Okay. This is a first for me. You're All breaking right. my uh, first beer tasting, uh, blind beer tasting cherry, I guess. I am busting right through that cherry, to yeah. be honest. Like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so... Actually, I feel like the majority of people who are first-time guests on this show, it's the first time they've done blind beer tasting. I mean, who would do this? I mean, I don't sit at home and be like, hey, let me guess which beer this is. and you people, know, People should, though. They sh- you're right, they should, but no one really does that. It's a great way to, A, get more intimate with your palate, with your senses in general having to do with beer, and B, you know, take branding totally out of it and decide what you actually like. Oh, yeah. And I, it's just fun. Oh, yeah. It's just totally fun. I like the idea of this, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see how you do. All right. So the first beer is very orange. Um, pretty, that is. Pretty clear, though. This definitely looks like an ale. I'm just going to definitely say it's an ale. It looks like like a double IPA, maybe, to me. Um, very, very orange. Pretty clear. Not much of a head. There's a little bit of a head around the top. Um, if you cup it when you swirl and then stick your nose in there, <laughs> it traps the aroma. I'm, it looks stupid, but it no, really no. works. No, I'm just, I'm a child, I guess. And I hear certain words, I start laughing. Oh, cup it like balls? Yeah. Ooh, it's, um... That's definitely like an IPA smell, actually. I... Actually, you know what? That is a little weird, actually. I feel like I get a little a chocolatey note. I definitely, yeah. I definitely smell that. Like chocolate and raisin. This is interesting. Based on the way it looks, I would not assume I would get any sort of chocolatey notes. Raisin, yes, fine, because it's darker and it looks like it's significantly maltier, so it could have a higher ABV, but um, 
Yeah, I just feel like it's like this light milk chocolate raisin. I feel like there's like a like a big. Like you know, it smells like a does smell like a milk stout almost. A little bit. Do you, do you get fig on that too? Yeah, that's I can smell that sweetness of that. That's interesting. Okay, that's not at all what I was thinking. A little bit of chapstick. Actually, I think it smells a little bit like chapstick too, which is weird. Would you use this flavor of chapstick? Uh, it depends on how viscous it is okay. and if it would stay on my lips while I sleep at night. That's my main time I get my lips drying out, which I'm sure is true for most people. Unless you're in a windstorm. I mean, if you put and this on at the... work, would they think you're drunk, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, that actually raises a question. Like, if you use beer for some other purpose and you smell like beer at work, is that technically okay? Is there, like, a medicinal purpose for this or something? Well, or... I know some people have used beer as a substitute for shampoo. Never heard that one. Margot Robbie did. For her role as um, Tanya Harding in the I, Tanya movie. I, I was reading about that. In order to like get her hair to look a certain way, she was soaking it in beer every day. Because the yeast or something? I mean, I don't know exactly what it was. It, it was just like whatever was reacting with her hair. I, I don't know. Alright, I'm, I'm going to try this beer. Sweet. Sweet. Crazy sweet. Wow. Can you get diabetes from a beer? Because that's kind of what it tastes like. I don't know. Maybe. So, there's a, there's a lot of just like malt sweetness to it. There's a little bit of like a brown sugar flavor, I'd say. I don't think I really taste milk chocolate. What do you get? I don't know. This is very odd. I think you're hitting the nail around the head first off by saying that. I definitely get the fig, though, that I was talking about. I definitely get, like, a flavor of some fig. And I feel like the roastiness on the end comes off almost a little bit like a residual coffee flavor in your mouth. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is probably just from the malt. Tastes like a sweet IPA. That's pretty much the best way I can describe it. I'd say double, because there's there's a decent amount of alcohol on the end. Oh, no. So it's got to be up there. It's possible it's some sort of, like, aged... Imperial mm, IPA, maybe? like an oak barrel. That's what I can definitely see that. No, I don't mean like that. Like intentionally or unintentionally aged in the oh, bottle. Gotcha. Which, if Rebecca pulled beer from my stash, I know I have at least one or two of those types of beers yeah. sitting around. So it's possible that it's from my stash. Wait, wait. She has her own stash. Yeah, it's much what? smaller, but she has it. She doesn't. She doesn't like to buy a ton of beer because she's just like, we don't have that much room. So, but I've been really good about it recently. Well, if anybody ever sees Carlin's, you know, refrigerator, they'll notice a third of a refrigerator is dedicated to beer, at least. Pretty much. Um, the more I drink this, kind of like it. I don't like love it, but I kind of like it. So when do we reveal what the beer is? At the end, like after we drink the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I kind of like that first one. I kind of like a. It, it's really it's it's pretty sweet, but when I keep keep tasting it, the alcohol starts to balance the sweetness out a little bit. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It's good. A lot of darker flavors. You got to be cool with that. But you ready to go to B? Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is very red when you hold it up to the light. 
Uh, but you can't see all the way through it, just around the edges. So it's like a brownish-reddish. Um, could be like a scotch ale is kind of what it looks like. Maybe a bock of sorts. <laughs> when I swirl it up, I get light tan head coming up, but like real small fine bubbles. Hmm. Well, that's a sour beer. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very sour beer. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like overwhelmingly sour smell. Yeah. Okay. So this sounds oh, sounds <laughs> smells like an oud brune to me. A what? Oud brune, or also known as a sour brown ale. Okay. Because it, it's this is very characteristic for me of like oud brune sour browns. It has a little bit of a cola smell on there. I could definitely see that. Smell and it's it. got. I feel like it has like a raspberry. No, I mean like I don't know if it's if if the warm up beer is invading my brain and it's making me think that I'm getting kind of a raspberry. They do look similar. They look very similar. Except I'd say that the that this beer B is is a lot clearer yeah. than the raspberry sour by Avery. Um so this strikes me as like a Lafoli type beer, like a sour brown the sour brown from New Belgium that really kind of started sours being popular in the United States. It smells good. I mean, I get like that kind of like raspberry. Is it raspberry or is it like cherry, like a tart cherry? Mm, I can smell cherry now, actually. Could be a mix. To me, it's not kind of smells like a mix. The sourness that I get on the nose initially, obviously, like with a lot of sours, comes off as lemony first. But then it kind of like... Goes that cola. There's a lot of that cola on the finish. It smells good to me. Yeah, this smells really, good. really nice. Yeah, I'm gonna start tasting it. Smooth. That's really smooth. Yeah. You having a little bit of? It's a sour. Trouble. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very overwhelming at first. Obviously, I can feel the kind of like. Uh, coating that it puts on your teeth. You know how like a real, uh, like a decently sour beer will kind of have like a chalky coating left on your teeth after you take sips. It's got that going on. There's a decent amount of sour to it, but it's also really smooth to me, which is interesting. Hmm. I do think it tastes like tart cherry. I don't think it tastes like raspberry to me. It does taste like cherry with like a lemony sour and I taste a little bit of that cola on the end. I feel like I do. I feel like this could have been also aged in oak barrels. Because with the amount of sourness that I get up front, it kind of like rounds out at the end of each sip. Yeah. So I feel like that usually indicates some sort of like barrel aging. So I think it might be oak barrel aged, but hmm. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I like it, too. I, I, I like our starter beer, too. Yeah. It's kind of funny. These are all solid out. beers. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess we both got to start thinking about numbers. One through ten. No halves. Um, but fractions. Want, no fractions. Two-thirds? Uh, five and one-third. <laughs> no. After having B, A tastes even more sweet. Because of the contrast between sweet and sour. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna gauge that mainly off of um, before <laughs> beer B. <laughs> so uh, I gotta think. What do I want to put on this? Mm. So what happens if I grade it like a two? Will you try to never have this beer back again, or is this something you rehash years later? Well, I don't. I don't have any say on what ends up showing up. Okay. So it is what it is. Like, and we've had instances where beers come back like mm. a year or more later, so they get rated twice. And I usually like to go back and just kind of like look at my notes and be like, "Was it close?" And a lot of times, actually, it is pretty close on the ratings. There have been a few times where it's different, but. So if I give this one a 10, would I get a sponsorship from this brewing company? <laughs> Probably not. Oh. Uh, I don't think I'll have many breweries listen to this. I do know a few who do, but not a ton. Phil at Independent Brewing listens to the podcast. I know that much. That's awesome. Also, my buddy at... Um, he, I don't think he works for the brewery anymore, but there's a brewery out in Seattle he was working for. I forget what they were called. I think it was something like... Aeronaut? No, it wasn't Aeronaut. It was like Aquanaut or something like that. Um, he would listen while he was cleaning kegs and stuff. So, oh, nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Okay. So, do you have idea on numbers in your mind? Do we have to guess the first one? The actual? Oh no, we're not doing the 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 warm up. The warm up beer we don't give numbers. Okay, to. it's just a warm up. I mean, that's pretty good. I would give this one a good eye. Just beer A, beer B. I'm trying to figure out what I want to go. I'm solid on my number for A. I'm having a little turmoil in my head about B, though. Can you give me a, a refresher course of the scaling system, 1 to 10? Yeah, 1 to 10, no halves. Um, you do what you want, because people certainly do. But for me, I'll usually, if it's a beer, then I'm just like, that's a decent beer. Yeah. Like, that's I could drink it. I give it a 3, uh, and then just kind of go up from there. Okay. Or down, if it's subpar. But... Um, actually just to give you a good idea, I'm going to give a, a three, like I'm not, I don't, I, I think it's pretty decent. Yeah. I don't like love it. I don't hate it. Like it's good though. Like, so yeah, so I'm going to give a, a three and then B, I feel like I got to give B that one extra. I'm going to go a four on B. I like this. I think for the type of sour that it seems like to me, I think it's really well executed. This could have easily been out of control. You know, it, it, the sourness could have just dominated everything. But I get a lot of flavors in there. Yeah. And like I said, it like rounds out at the end. It's pretty nice. You're very stingy with your numbers, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why it's called Brutal Battle, man. Do you ever give anything a 10? Very brutal. No, that's not happened. What's the highest grade you've given anything? I think I've given out a 9. What? Like two times. But 9 or 8. I don't remember. Okay. I think it was a 9, but maybe 8. Anyway. So what's your second number? Oh, no. I already told you. The oh, it's a three and a four. Sorry. Yeah, three and four. So. Okay. Is it my turn? Yep. All right, let me taste the first one again. I don't think you really can uh, get a number unless you chug the rest of it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. So you would uh, prescribe to uh, the the mantra of Jason Ng from Somerville and Brewcast in, in Massachusetts who says, a beer should have slammability. That's his big thing. Yeah, I could see that. Which, by the way, people check out Summer Villain Brewcast. S-O-M-E-R, Villain. All one word. Because Somerville, Massachusetts. Good friends of the podcast. Check out their podcast. Whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give the first one a five. Okay. You like that? Yeah, that's pretty solid. I really nice. did like okay. the flavor of it. It's, it definitely is IPA, and I love IPA beers, too. Yeah, it seems like aged double IPA or something. Maybe triple, I don't know. 
Although um, that alcohol doesn't seem that high. No, yeah. It seems it like 8, 9, maybe. <laughs> like, not like 10, 11, 12. Yeah, 8, 9. That's not high at all. What? <laughs> well, I mean, for double IPA. Right. Like, you know, that's where it is. Um, and then B, what do you want to put on that? That sourness is just really getting to me. Sure. Um, I could have four. Okay. I don't understand. So they tie, basically. They average out. Uh, they tie, which I feel good about. I mean, they're both... You know, like I said, I was having some turmoil about my rating for B, and I was between a three and a four. So, it was close anyway. So, does it mean we get to bring out another beer and slam that one, too? Break <laughs> no, the tie? we have to have a winner. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, but you can slam your raspberry sour as much as you but want. The, yeah, this water. This water wind. All right. Let's go ahead and find out what A is. Both beers are all four, so tied. A is... Oh, I was right. Uh, it is aged, and it's 9% alcohol. It's mm. uh, Dogfish Head's 90-Minute Imperial IPA. If this is from my stash, which I think it is, it's aged. Holy crap. This is a 5-year-old 90-minute. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. This this is 5 years old. This is literally... Actually, it's 5 years old exactly tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, it's exactly 5 years old. So. Tomorrow being the... 18th, 18th of, March. of March. Yes, exactly. So, wow. Okay. Can you pour me some of that, please? Honestly, that's kind of holding up better than I think it should or would. Better than I would think it would. Um, like, I've aged 120 minute and I am currently aging some 120 minute because, like, five years on that beer is, like, amazing. But the alcohol is significantly more. So I think it can really, really handle it. I was kind of wondering what would happen to this beer with that kind of time. And better than I thought, honestly. I didn't think it would hold up like this. So what happens when you age a beer like that? So typically a lot of times it'll get it will get sweeter. Mm. Um I mean there's a lot of hops, so the hops kinda help with preservation of the beer, but it'll get a lot sweeter. You're not really gonna taste hop presence anymore. I mean, you get what we got here. Like, a lot of sweetness, raisin, especially because the alcohol's higher. Yeah. That's solid, though. I'm going to save some of that so Rebecca can give it a shot. I am not. I don't think she's going to like it, but she should try it because it's a five-year-old 90-minute, so. All right. Very interesting. So let's go ahead and find out what B is. Drumroll, please. It's got to be some type of oud brune. Oh, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I believe this is also from my stash. This is Crooked Stave Artisan Beer Project. It's their Origins beer, which they say is a burgundy sour ale aged in oak barrels. So I was right about the barrel aging, and I think their take, when they say burgundy sour, pretty sure that's an oud brune or sour brown. So um, it's 6.5% alcohol. Yeah, Yeah, so not that high. This one is, how old... Almost three years old. Hmm. In May, it would be three years old. And this is from batch number five, if anyone's keeping count of their Origins <laughs> beers. Uh, this is says it's their homage to the history of barrel aging and those who have influenced us along the way. So, yeah. I mean, it kind of tastes like La Folie from New Belgium. So, I can see where they say an homage to the barrel aging. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, I think both of these, yeah, both of these were beers from my stash. This has been a... Beers from Carlin's stash episode. (laughs) But, um, all right, so your feelings about your first go at blind beer tasting. I think it was interesting. I mean, 
obviously I don't have as refined a palate as yours because you've been doing this for a lot longer. Long time. I mean, I could definitely smell a lot of the stuff you were saying about. Um, it was cool. It was very entertaining. I mean, I was a little thrown off the dogfish head. I thought I would give it a little higher being as dogfish head. I usually like their IPAs, but that's why we take the the branding out of it because yeah. you would have given it a higher rate. Oh yeah, just based on dogfish head. I know them, and I know sixty minute, ninety minute, and one hundred twenty minutes. Yeah. I know them pretty well, but I guess. My taste buds fail me on this one. Well, I mean, it's five years on that. Like, it changes a lot of stuff about the flavor profile. Oh, absolutely. It would be hard to figure out unless you had it that way before. Yeah. Not your fault. Um, But, yeah, I agree with you. You said earlier, everybody should try something like this just to try different ones. Yeah. You know, change your palate. You know, I learned a lot just from drinking two beers with you. Yeah. So educated. So, here's a question. With... It sounds like it, it, the answer to this would be a yes for the Dogfish Head, but maybe no for the Crooked Stave Origins. If you just saw these beers on the shelf, would you have purchased them on your own? You got that right. Okay, so yes on the Dogfish, yeah. no on the Crooked Stave. I mean, I, okay. you can, usually my refrigerator, I have a 60-minute or 90-minute in my fridge. Okay. Dogfish Head. Nice. But yeah, definitely I wouldn't... I would see this in a liquor store and be like, oh, that'd be cool. I'll try it. I mean, what does this normally come in? A six-pack or four-pack? No, um, that you can't even get that in Maryland. Oh, um, is it legal? No. <laughs> I don't remember where I got that beer. Where did I get that Crooked Stave? I mean, it's been three years, so I don't really remember where I got it. It may have been from one of our trips somewhere, and I saw it in the liquor store and picked it up Okay, in another state. But, yeah. But anyway, um, I think my favorite beer on the table is actually that Crooked Stave Origins. Mm. That's my favorite. Um, then I'd say after that would be the Raspberry Sour by Avery. <laughs> and then the 90-minute. But the 90-minute is still pay- tasting fine. So yeah. Anyway, thank you, Rich, for this. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go over and go over to the next episode where we're going to talk about something a little more St. Patrick's Day, which will be pretty late for St. Patrick's Day for all of you. But just remember back to your St. Patrick's Day and... Just pretend it is St. Patrick's Day again. (laughs) Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. And until next time, keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 